Hello, product innovators. Today we learn how to find wholesale buyers to sell your new hardware product in large volume. This is the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in hardware product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Mako, the leading expert on product development for hardware startups. Welcome back, everyone. Today I'm very excited to introduce Colin Mitchell to the show. Colin has been in the sales space for over 15 years, including selling over 5,000 SKUs of product through his first of many companies that he founded. He is currently the Managing Director of Leadium, a full-service selling agency for helping companies scale up their sales efforts. Today, Colin will share some valuable knowledge from inventor startups and small manufacturers on how to figure out what types of wholesale buyers there are, which ones are ideal for your particular product, and how to build and manage a list of these buyers so that you can grow your wholesale selling efforts quickly. Now, on to the episode. This show is produced by Mako Design, the original firm providing end-to-end consumer product development services tailored specifically to hardware startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Take your product from idea to store shelves at macodesign.com. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Colin. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, we're really excited to have you on today to talk about selling direct to wholesalers, distributors, or really anybody other, a corporation or an individual body, somebody who sells in volume new hardware product innovations. This is one of arguably the largest sales channels, especially for a new emerging hardware startup. I know there's a lot of buzz in and around selling direct to consumer via Shopify on your website or via Amazon or Kickstarter and crowdfunding campaigns. And all that is a great option that many hardware startups, of course, should at least at a minimum take a look at. But there is a much bigger market out there, and that's selling to people who sell on. And it sounds scary. If you've never sold product before, and you've never worked with the sales processes before, it seems like a daunting venture. But Colin, you're here today to talk about how any hardware startup with their new innovative invention, their new manufactured product, how they can start the process of prospecting for these types of buyers, building your list, and then moving it on and actually selling products to those people. Before we get into all that exciting conversation for today, call it, just give us a bit of a background on your history of how you became the success story that you are today. Yeah. So I've been in sales for 16 years. In that time, I've had several companies, exited a few of those. And the first company that my wife and I started together selling technology products, we scaled that business from zero to 5 million in about 26 months with a sales team. And that was kind of the most relevant experience that I have probably to your audience is with selling products. And I think that part of it, which is probably relevant to your audience, is being really specific on who we sold to and building a list of who we wanted to target and staying really true to that and not venturing out of that. That's so important in list building. So let's dig into it. Let's start high level. What is the starting process? What do you need to think about as a hardware startup going, I want to sell product to volume-based buyers? What's the first thing to start thinking about? Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for distributors, wholesalers, retailers, whatever the case is, you want to be as specific as possible. I think that often the biggest mistake that people make the very beginning of your sales process is who are we going to target, right? And we often call that your ideal customer profile. And maybe depending on what it is that you sell, that list could be very small and super niche, um, or it could be quite large, right? There could be, you know, lots of distributors, lots of wholesalers that could potentially, you know, sell your product, carry your product for their resellers. 
but you want to basically find the ones that are best suited and focus on them first and don't deviate from that, right? And that could be maybe there's only a handful, maybe there's only a dozen or two dozen, or maybe there's hundreds, right? But the first thing is identify how many potential wholesalers is there that could carry your product. Build that list and build out your criteria of what that is, right? Maybe their geographical location, maybe the size of those companies, maybe the amount of revenue that they do or how many similar products like yours they carry or don't carry. Build out this criteria so that you can be very specific. And then you can rank those in order of which ones are maybe the best suited for you to target first and rank them all the way down to the bottom. And then at the end, kind of have the basic information of those companies, the revenue that they do, where they're located, types of products that they carry, and so on. Then you can take it a step further and you want to start to enrich it with the contacts, the people that you're going to need to reach out to. Those are probably the purchasing agents and stuff like that. Maybe if it's a smaller wholesaler, there may be only be a handful of those. If it's a larger wholesaler, it could be that there's certain buyers for certain commodities. And then that's where a lot of people stop. It's like, okay, I got the list of accounts. I've got the person that I need to reach out to. Now I can go reach out. And I want to tell you that don't be like everybody else. Take it a step further. And what you can do is you can find out as much information. The beauty of technology today is data is very accessible. We've got social media. We've got people who write blogs. There's people on LinkedIn, maybe even TikTok. Who knows? There's lots of information that you can find out about these people. And the more information that you find out about these people, the better, because then you can reach out in a really personalized way. Maybe you can know what their favorite sports team is. Maybe you know that they have kids. Maybe you know what they enjoy doing on the weekend. And you can really customize regardless of what channel. You know, Maybe you call them on the phone, maybe you email them, maybe you reach out to them on social or all of the above. The more information that you're armed with before you reach out to that person, is going to make a huge difference and allow you to stand out. Because you got to remember, there's probably, I don't even know, maybe hundreds of people knocking on these people's doors constantly, trying to get their attention, trying to get them to carry their products. And you got to think about how you're going to stand out. That is such powerful advice. I appreciate how you broke it down from initial ideation through to getting hyper-specific. I could tell you that does make a major difference. You and I, we get hit constantly, right? Now, you know, how many hundreds of either emails or LinkedIn outreaches or whatever else, and very few actually put in the effort to create a tailored message that's logical in that original engagement. And all it takes is a little bit of customization or a little bit of understanding of who that person is, and what they truly need to set yourself above 95% of the other people reaching in. So it's a really easy way that if you do your research, you set yourself above before you've even introduced the product to these people. And why not take that edge and have that advantage as you go into the process? Now, break down a little bit for everybody that's listening that's maybe never gone through this process before. What tools and resources do you like to use in order to start figuring out this information? Where do you find your data? And then how are you actually amalgamating that data onto a you know, spreadsheet or whatever else? Yeah. You need a core database, something like a Zoom Info or an Apollo. There's less expensive ones like Alusha, Lead IQ, or even a Seamless AI. There's so many data tools. And I don't want to say that any one data tool is necessarily better than the other, because a lot of it depends on who you're targeting, right? 
what market you're trying to sell into, what type of data you're looking for. And so you need one core database. And I would even recommend two because having two data providers is better than having one because there's going to be gaps and you'll get better coverage across the board of your entire total addressable market. Also, some data providers might have insights that you can't get otherwise, like maybe technologies that they use, if they're hiring, just other insights about the company or even the prospect individually, maybe social handles. Another good reason to have multiple data providers is getting mobile data. The phone is probably one of the most powerful tools that you have. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. People getting spammed on social platforms and people having way more email in their inbox than they want. The phone still remains one of the most powerful ways to reach people and introduce your products. So being able to reach them directly on their direct dial uh, or their mobile rather than going through like a phone tree or calling the main business line, those are going to be a huge advantage for you when you're reaching out to these people. But the key is before you pick up that phone, make sure you're prepared, right? So all that research that I talked about, all that information that you might be thinking, well, I'm going to use it to write this well-crafted message. You're going to want to have that information accessible when you pick up the phone and call them as well. Yeah, those are powerful databases and anybody could just go on and sign up. And I think it's a relatively nominal fee, especially as a small startup to use many of these databases. So it's an easy way to start your research. And through those databases, they have all kinds of search criteria that you can look up. Keep in mind, you can also use what's public out there. You can use LinkedIn, social media, Google to figure out who these people are, what they're doing. Are they being written about in articles? Are they writing on blogs or other articles? Do they have a podcast? All these sorts of things that you can really quickly start to learn who these people are, especially for your high value individuals. Now, you already mentioned it earlier in the conversation, rank your folks. So you're going to start building this list and then you're going to start attributing a rank to it. So the more specific the buyer to your particular type of product in the geography or whatever else makes them a really, really good buyer, you want to put them at the higher levels of the list. People who you're less certain about, maybe more generalistic, you'll put lower down the list. But at those high prospect ones, use your databases to find information and then use the web to find even more information. And that's going to build a whole variety of things that you can look at and spend the time and the effort to figure out who are those people, what do they want to see out of your product, how does your product suit their needs, then gives you the ammo to do the research and go after them. Yeah. And I think the important thing is, is don't limit yourself to one channel, right? You might be more comfortable reaching them out to them on a platform like LinkedIn, if that's maybe a platform you're active on. You might be more comfortable picking up the phone and calling them if that's maybe something you've done in the past. Or you might just think, well, email is probably the best route. You really don't know because you're better off reaching out to them on all of those channels. And it has a lot less to do with you and it has more to do with them. Some buyers are going to be easier to reach on the phone based on their personality type or whether they pick up the phone or not. Some prefer email as a communication style. If there's somebody who's active on a platform like LinkedIn, that might be the best place to reach out to them. So you're better off reaching out to them across multi-channel and it'll be different from prospect to prospect where you get their attention and where they tend to respond to you. Yeah, it's worth the effort because keep in mind, these folks could potentially, any one of them could potentially be a multi-million dollar buyer over the you know the course of the next few years. You've already done the hard work of designing, building, innovating the product, getting it to production, getting production going. So if you're at that level, then why not put a little bit of research, even if you've got a full-time job and this is this whole product business is on the side for you, 
it's not a full-time gig to do this research. You can approach it on the weekends, but I would say do it consistently. Add to your list, continue to research. I mean, look at this as a fun journey. You're filling in the puzzle pieces. Who out there in the world could buy my product? And then when I identify who they are, how do I get at them? How do I prove to them that my product is really something they're missing out on? Keep in mind that it's their job to find new products that sell. That is why they are in the position that they're at, especially the more senior the buyer, the more experience they have with identifying the next hot product and getting it into their particular distribution network before their competitors do. So it's their job as well to find you. So you've got to realize that you've, there, this is a two-way street. You just need to figure out how to show them that your product best matches the need that they have or the gap that they're trying to fill. Exactly. Sometimes it's timing. You know, the thing is, don't reach out once and think, oh, they didn't respond. They don't want my products. You got to be persistent, you know, and, and there's a balance of being persistent and being annoying, right? You don't want to be annoying and, and follow up maybe too much or too often. So, a little bit of space in between following up, you know, spreading it across multiple channels is really what's recommended. But don't give up, right? Because typically it's going to take the average is like 15 to 20 touches before somebody actually ends up responding to you. And most people give up before eight. So if, you, if you're persistent, you continue to follow up. Sometimes it has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with your product. They could be out of the office. They could just be busy. They may be intended to respond to you, but had other priorities. So don't take it personal because rejection is a huge part of this. But don't give up too early because you know you might miss your shot because you didn't just stick with it and continue to follow up. That's very powerful advice, especially for people who are new to the whole concept of outbound sales, let alone for a hardware product. Because one of the big fears is the fear of rejection. So if somebody's new to it, they'll send that one email with hopes and dreams. They finally built up the courage. They're excited. They draft the perfect email. They've done their research to draft that email and the email has been sent and then they sit there and wait. But the reality is you're reaching out to somebody who's busy and it's your job to continue to hit them on those different touch points on a variety of channels to the point where they either say, yes, I'm interested or you're bugging me and I'm not interested. That's okay. In fact, I would look at it so far as to say, don't be afraid if it isn't the right fit because then it wasn't going to be a sale anyways. So that no harm has been done. You've reached out. And even if you get to the point where you're either bugging them too much or it truly isn't a great fit, no harm, no foul, because you're just doing the best of what you thought was presenting a great product to them. For whatever reason, it wasn't. And you got a no answer. On the flip side, though, is by doing that process, especially over a large number of people, inevitably, you're going to hit that certain person or the a variety of different people who it is the correct fit and who you did hit a number of times to the point where they actually got you know, the right timing, like you say, or the right approach within their business model or their buying cycle, which is really big, especially in hardware, you finally get them at the right time and they make that order. Well, isn't it worth it to go through a bunch of no's to get that one yes? All you really need in the hardware space is one big buyer, and that makes you a massive hardware startup. So it's worth the effort to go through and not to worry about the rejection. And don't even worry about it if it's not the right fit for them as well. And I think if you have that approach going into it where you realize you can only gain from this, then it's going to overcome that hurdle of the fear of rejection or the fear of reaching out too many times or whatever else. Absolutely. And I think that you can even shift your mindset here a little bit that a no is a good thing. And a no is a positive thing. A no is a win. And that might sound a little ridiculous, 
But part of reaching out to potential buyers for your product is refining your list to the people that are good candidates to carry your product. So that means if you have 100 people, each time you get a no, you're refining that list to a smaller workable amount of people that could potentially carry your product. So you know, it's better to get a no than no response at all because you know, then you don't have to waste your time and you can spend more time and energy on the people that could be potential yeses and could be that next huge buyer that you're looking for. And the great thing is here is you don't need them all to say yes. You know, you just need a few of them to say yes, and that's a good place to start. And then, you know, once you have a few that have said yes, you can always leverage that to try to go get more later. Yeah, you can even go back to some of those no's potentially, right? Say, hey, look, this right. and this has happened. We're in a different place now. Potentially, might this change your no to a maybe? Yeah, absolutely. In this space, you know, name dropping and references, I think, is huge. So if you know somebody's now carrying your product, you can use that as leverage to get more people to carry your product. Absolutely, that's a bit of the snowball effect, especially with hardware. That's why you see so many hardware companies when they start to scale. It might be a hard grind in the beginning, but as you start to get some traction, you get more traction. And that's how that hockey stick curve appears in the sales cycle because that interacting snowball effect of the sales cycle is starting to occur. So the more effort you put into it in the early phases, the more that will start to amplify and exponentially grow as the results of that effort start to unravel. Before I let you go here, Colin, just talk a bit about uh, what you're doing at Ladium. Yeah. So we help companies, any from early stage to larger organizations with their top of funnel. So outbound prospecting, inbound lead management, anything to do with helping them fill that top of their funnel. We help them with that. And we do that with fully US-based sales development talent. That's amazing. What website can they go to to learn more about it? Yeah. Pretty simple. They can go to ledium.com or if they love podcasts, they can check out Sales Transformation where we drop almost daily content. And from there, you can pretty much find out everything that we're doing at Ledium as well. Much appreciated. And as always, I will put those links in the show notes below. So anyone who's listening on can just click the links below and check it out. Colin, thanks again for all your words of wisdom on selling products to wholesale buyers. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and hit the like button and subscribe. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Mako, North America's leading expert on product development for hardware startups. And the podcast is produced by Mako Design, the original firm providing end-to-end consumer product development services tailored specifically to hardware startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Take your product from idea to store shelves at makodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com. Thanks for joining and see you again soon.